Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Welcome to the Kent Online podcast on Friday, July the 10th. We start today with a reaction to news beauticians, gyms and swimming pools in Kent will soon be able to reopen. The government made the announcement last night, but there will still be some restrictions on services. Kimberly Smith, who owns Pureneek Beauty Salon in Hawkehurst, says she's ecstatic to be able to welcome customers again from Monday. Absolutely overwhelmed, excited, um, definitely the right decision um, to get us back as soon as possible. Um, And yeah, we're just absolutely ecstatic and yeah, just can't wait to get going. And once we've got those guidelines through, um, we can all sort of go through it with a fine tooth comb and, and really get to grips with what we are and aren't allowed to treat so that we are opening completely safely for us and the public. So yeah, absolutely ecstatic. With facial treatments, I understand where they're coming from and that was one of the the big things, one of the main reasons why they didn't want us to open in the first place was because of the close contact with the face. I understand it, obviously for a lot of the industry that is their bread and butter, you know, some therapists, that's all they do is on the facial treatments and it's it's wiped out 80% of our services. But like I said before, um, for, for, for the other half of us, a lot of us, there are other treatments that we can do. And to be honest, at this point, I'm just grateful that they've allowed us to open even with strict guidelines. Um, you know, it's better than nothing. Um, for some people, it's not great, um, but hopefully they won't be far behind us. Um, once they see that obviously we can open um, safely and hopefully those numbers you know won't won't be going up um, and um, yeah things will be looking good um, for them to then start doing their facial treatments but for me as I've said there's lots of treatments I can do that aren't facial contact um, you know close to close face to face so yes um, yeah understand it but it's just one of those things isn't it yeah, we didn't get as much notice as the hair industry. Four days isn't a lot of time, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, but at this point, I'm not going to complain. I'm just glad that we're opening. Um, but yes, definitely um, lots to do um, in the next few days. Most of us are all ready to open because, like I said, we're all prepared and we have been prepared. Um, but it, like I said, it's just getting those guidelines and making sure that we are following it to the letter. So, yeah, I've got three members of staff, um, so all very excited to be coming back. And, you know, being the only beauty salon in Hawkehurst, um, it's going to be great to be joining my, you know, my neighbours, um, my fellow um, businesses um, to be able to open alongside them um, and, you know, get Hawkehurst back in business. There are complaints, however, that guidance is not as straightforward as it initially seemed. Treatments involving the face will remain banned because of the risk of spreading germs. Also today, it's been revealed 22 serving police officers in Kent have convictions for criminal offences. Data shows they've been found guilty of things like common assault, criminal damage and drink driving. Five of the officers are ranked inspector or above. Kent Online's been told people are putting themselves in danger by swimming on inflatable swans at Leybourne Lakes. A security guard's been hired for the country park near Snodland and police have been called a number of times. Littering has also become a big problem, so extra fences, gates and signs have been installed.
A record number of people have been contacting the NSPCC with concerns about a child during lockdown. The charity received a total of over 22,000 reports of things like neglect, abuse and concerns about parental behaviour over the past three months. More than 1,500 cases were referred to local authorities or police here in the South East. Hundreds of people have turned out to say their final goodbye to Dame Vera Lynn, who died last month, aged 103. There's been a procession in the village where the force's sweetheart lived in East Sussex. Ahead of the day, a giant portrait was beamed onto the white cliffs of Dover. More than a million pounds has been given to a project in Kent to bring bison back to the wild. The Kent Wildlife Trust and Wildwood, based near Canterbury, are planning on bringing a family of the animals over from Europe. They'll be placed in Bleen Woods. Stan Smith from the Kent Wildlife Trust has been telling me why. Bison are, uh, are fantastic. They're what we call sort of ecosystem engineers. Um, they are able to manage woodlands in a way that we, we can't as humans and no other animal can do the same job. Um, they have particular ways in which they act and behave. Things like um, they like to eat bark off trees, which can selectively kill certain trees, which allows more light to the woodland floor, which is fantastic for all sorts of butterflies and plants and insects. Um, and they love to sort of roll around on their backs as well, creating... Um, which is brilliant for sort of burrowing wasps and lizards, all sorts of things. So really fantastic for woodlands. How safe is it though? Because as I say, if anyone else has seen them, they're pretty massive animals. Is, is it safe to just put them into, into our woodland to roam around? Uh, well, we're managing this very, very carefully. The bison will be introduced to a controlled area, which is away from public footpaths. So it will be entirely safe for people to still visit the, the woodlands. Um, in other projects that in the Netherlands, where they've had bison for about 15 years, they do actually allow um, unsupervised access through bison areas, and they don't have any issues at all. Um, bison are actually incredibly docile creatures. The fact that they are so big, they are, they are Europe's largest land mammal, means that they know that they're the, the bosses that are out there. So they're happy to just get on with what they've got to do and, uh, and look after our, our woodlands. But at the moment, uh, if we do go for a walk through that particular woodlands, we're not going to stumble across the bison just yet then. No, not just yet. We'll have other um, mixed uh, graziers, so things like ponies and cattle in that woodland. And it's all when working together that they can have the best effect. That They kind of team up with each other. The ponies can follow around the bison and help to uh, uh, sort of mop up some things after, after they've been through. Um, but no, the bison will be in a controlled area, so it'll be entirely safe for people to, to visit the woodland. So do you think if this um, particular project is a real success, we could see this move to other parts of the country? I really hope so. I mean, we're really trying to push the boundaries of what people understand as, uh, as sustainable woodland management. Um, and the fact the lack of sustainable woodland management is, is um, listed as one of the seven key drivers of species declines in this country. So we really do need to find new solutions for how we can manage our woodlands effectively using chainsaws and machinery to sort of replicate nature. Well, why, why should we do that? Why not let animals do that process for us? They're, they're going to be much better at it than we are. So how many bison are you actually going to be reintroducing into this particular part of woodland? 
Well, uh, initially we'll start very small. We're thinking probably three to four bison, something like that. But what's more important than the specific number of bison that we start with is that they're a really sort of functional, cohesive herd. So we, we need to make sure that they're, they're used to roaming um, from uh, other projects in, in, in Europe. Um, so they're used to fending for themselves, finding uh, food for themselves, um, and that they can display those kind of wild behaviors. So we need to make sure that we get a, a, a sort of a family unit of, of bison, probably one male to two to three females, something like that. And we'd really like to be able to allow those animals to do what they do naturally, to breed in the wild and that herd to just grow sustainably over time. They are actually an endangered species in themselves. So this would also help, you know, protect the, the species, uh, you know, and enable them to spread further into Europe. And as you mentioned, they are endangered themselves. So getting some baby bison maybe in a few years time, I mean, that would be the ultimate, wouldn't it? That would be absolutely fantastic. And of course, if we can show how these work so well in this project, hopefully that can kickstart other projects to take off in the UK. And then, of course, there'll be more places for those baby bison to go. A flypast has taken place over a Kent hospital to mark the birthday of the NHS. The Spitfire had Thank You NHS on the underside of its wings and went over the Darren Valley Hospital in Dartford this morning. Campaigners against approved plans to build the UK's biggest solar park on land near Faversham say they won't be taking legal action. Swale Borough Council have decided launching a judicial review against the government's decision would not work. It means the £450 million Cleave Hill project to, to install 880,000 panels on a 900-acre site in Graveney can move forward. Police have seized an ice cream van near Maidstone after the driver failed a roadside drugs test. It was pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt in headcorn and also turned out to be disqualified from driving. On to some sport now and the Gillingham chairman has been revealing his plans to get an investor to help take the club forward. The Jill season came to a premature end because of the pandemic and they've spent the time cleaning the stadium and getting their finances in place. Paul Scally says he's determined to bring the right person on board. If I had a pound for every dark alley I've been up chasing a, an investor or a wannabe football club owner, I'd be extremely wealthy. Which, <laughs> but but you know I have gone to every corner of the world almost, talking to potential investors, and uh, I, I, for some reason there are a lot of people out there in the world that want to be involved in football and actually don't have the money or the backing to do it. They just try and find the people once they've got some kind of a mandate. And I've learned a lot in the last two or three years about real people, about false people. Um, and I've been a, there's been a lot more fake shakes than there have been real shakes, put it that way. Um, but but I, have, I am now talking to um, um, some very good people. Um, it's very serious. I think that they... Um, I think I believe they're genuine, um, and they have a passion for English football. And uh, so we're we're in the stages now of, of, of talking about the club. We've talked a lot on Zoom in this pandemic. Uh, it's been very good because I haven't had to go travelling too much. Um, uh, it's amazing in a crisis what comes out of a crisis. 
And finally today, thousands of people were supposed to be gathering at Detling near Maidstone this weekend for the Kent County Show. The annual event, which would have started today, had to be cancelled because of the coronavirus pandemic. But at Kent Online, you can see archive footage of the show dating back as far as 1936. That's it for today, but you can also now subscribe to the IM News app to access all KM Group newspapers. Just head to iliftmediasubs.co.uk. UK. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.